Story time with Lowry Markinen plus the snarky ask LOJ season question of what's the purpose of the season? Will Hardy actually answered it yesterday. We'll touch on all that on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I am David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Today, it's an Ask LOJ edition, but first we do story time with Lowry Markin, and he was asked by about Walker Kessler and then gave a story about himself and the pressures a player goes through. Then we'll take your questions today. Any concerns on Keontae George? What is the purpose of the season? The ultimate snark question came across on Ask LOJ, basically meaning like, why are we doing this? But I actually think it was a really good question, and Will Hardy basically answered it yesterday. So we will jump on that. When does Walker go back into the starting lineup? Uh, maybe touch on Taylor Hendricks. Are these blowouts damaging, and will they continue? And some thoughts on the in-season tournament, plus who needs our guys and might trade for them. That's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. As I mentioned, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider, and this is Locked on Jazz. It's your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, give you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen. We are free and available on all podcasting apps as well as on YouTube and to the everydayers, you're the best. Thank you so much. Today's show is brought to you by Price Picks. This episode brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA to use code all lowercase lower LockedOnNBA for your first deposit match up to $100. One of the best parts of my job is press conferences going there, doing all these things. Um, and I think one of the, uh, coolest things is that occasionally these players who I find all to be amazing, by the way, I just want to share that. Like there's kind of this rub that like, well, are they, you know, what are they like? No, they're, they're like universally pretty great. And Lowry is on the top of that list. And yesterday in a media session, Lowry met with the media and was terrific. And he got asked about Walker. And then Ryan Miller of KSL asked him whether what he like, based on a comment that Lowry made about getting out of his own head, when Lowry learned that and we did Incredible answer, and I went back and looked it up. It's like dead accurate. So let's do that first today. We don't do this very often. Hopefully, I don't screw it up. Um, I think I've got it so that the audio will work. It says to share my audio tab and what window, and you should have me in a little tiny box and Lowry there as well right now. So I think that should be all good. And now let's hear Lowry talk about um, Walker Kessler start. Interesting kind of little leadership and how insightful he is. But then part two is on the second part of the question. He gets asked about how he learned to get out of his own head and tells a absolutely fabulous story. So it's story time with the fabulous Lowry marketing. Uh, I think Walker's in a good spot. He's obviously there's going to be mistakes. It's his second year in the league. Uh, and I like that he's really competitive and uh, he expects greatness out of himself. So sometimes he can get a little into his own head, which is, we don't want that, but that's the human side. I think uh, I've been there. Uh, easier said than done to just get out of your own head, you know? Uh, so I think he's doing well, kind of figuring out and seeing 
it's good to go through the through that stuff. That that'll make him a better player for sure. But I mean, I try to help him as much as I can off the floor and on the court. How did you learn to, I guess, quote unquote, get out of your own head? Uh, I remember just specifically one play. It was like I think we were at Portland. My I can't remember. I think it was my third year, and just I was putting so much pressure on my all my shots. I didn't. I think my attempts went down a little bit, so I put more pressure of when I do get a shot, like I have to make it. And he went off for like a month or whatever. I tried to get away from the game a little bit, have my family come over, and I tried working more and everything. Kind of, it was probably like a month, and then I remember I missed a shot, and we had a timeout after that, and it just felt like like the world was ending after every miss. And then like, I basically just said F it and stopped caring. Like, I'm going to make the next one. And that's really how it happened for me. And I think, yeah, that kind of, I learned kind of how to forget the previous mistakes and kind of move on. And uh, it can be something subtle like that, just a little thing that clicks. And for me, it was that. but. It's crazy that that's the one play, right? So I went back and looked. He's telling the complete truth. If you look here, it starts November 3rd. It could have started somewhere earlier, but early in the season, he drops 35. It's his third year. He goes 35 and 17 on opening night. And then his shots start to drop to 9 and 8 and 11 and 9 and 10. And in this stretch from November 3rd of his third year to November 29th, the road game in Portland, he shoot Lowry shoots 32% from the floor and 30% from three for a 14 game stretch. Like hard to believe that the player we're watching today could possibly go through something like that. I mean, you can kind of start playing around with where you want to start this and where you want to end it and what a month is. Um, you can find 31% and 26% from three for an 11 game stretch. Fine. Like it's clear what's going on. His free throws were great as always. He just couldn't hit anything. And here's what's crazy. So I went through the game log of that game that Lowry's telling the story of it. Like, sometimes players remember things. Sometimes they don't. I mean, we had a funny one this year where John Collins told us he was shooting better because he was taking less threes than he's ever taken his career. He was actually taking more. Like, perception is often the reality. This is actually in the case of Lowry. If you look here, here's Lowry. He misses a three with 559 in the third. They make a bunch, and they call a timeout, like, right after that. I think that's probably the timeout he's talking about. That's the moment. He actually turns around, makes a layup, hits another layup right after that. And and then, if you go back to the game log we were just looking at a minute ago on Lowry, his season completely changes. You go to the next – so that was a 14-game stretch, and you go to the next 14-game stretch for Lowry and take it to, you know – just a random game against Milwaukee. And all of a sudden his numbers are all up. Look, he's scoring 20, 22, 22, he's 31, 15, he's back up. And like, he's back to being Lowry Markinen exactly as we think. So that's a pretty crazy little, I love that story. I love Lowry taking a minute to share it. I love like, that's the whole point of media is you get that openness. Um, so really super kind of fabulous stuff. Thanks by the way. Uh, we have a new guy on our staff, Lawrence, who just Lawrence got, I mean, Changing my life. Like, I can't even tell you how great it is putting these things, giving me access to it, hopefully changing your experience as a jazz fan as well. Indirectly, you don't realize he's just doing great work. So huge thanks to him and um, everyone. By the way, uh, the next 14 games, Lowry shot 51% and 42% from three. From like one moment of just saying F it. Crazy. Crazy. All right, let's go to Ask LOJ. 
One of the first questions that came in today was about Keontae. And do, are we at all, am I at all concerned about Keontae? And the premise of the question is that, like, okay, over the last five games, you know, Keontae had 11 assists the other night and was terrific in that. But over the last five games, Keontae is shooting 31% from the floor and 32% from three. And if we go to just since, you know, since we really turned the team over to him and as a starter, um, he, his numbers are not terrific. And so are, you know, I, are you at all concerned when, you know, I, I had said, even when we started Keontae, like I was worried that what happens if we start Keontae early and we go 10 games and we go two and 10 and he shoots 30%. Well, we didn't go two and 10, but he shot 31% and 29% from three since he's been a starter. So am I concerned? I'm not concerned on Keontae, the player. I'm not concerned about Keontae, the kid. He's incredibly for 20 years old, kind of put together, seems comfortable, knew he's going to be here. And I'm not worried about Keontae with talent. I am concerned, though, just the pressure and the burden of being out there and having this much on him and the fact that he, you know, may or may not be able to, like, bounce, just just roll through this. I mean, go back to what Lowry said. That was Lowry's third year, and he literally gets into a slump and starts to drive so badly. He calls his family out from Finland. Like, these guys are human, and it's real, and it's hard. This league is so hard. So am I concerned about Keontae? Yes. And the other thing I'm concerned, and here's also the reason I'm concerned. There's no other choice. Like, we tried Taylor. He's the backup point guard. We're not – there's no scenario here where you're reducing Keontae's minutes down. He's played 31, 36, 32, 32, 34 recently, and playing Taylor more. Like, that – that ship, I think, has sailed. And so I don't know how Will Hardy, other than his incredible communication skills and working with him off the court and talking to him all the time, gives Keontae a safety net. And at some point, like, Keontae's two of his last 18 from three. Like, those, that that's going to wear on you, right? Like, I'm not, and again, I'm not bothered by this because if you've listened to me talk about this and consistently, if you're an everydayer, like, I've always said I thought Keontae's shooting 40%, 30% from three this year. I'm just worried about what it does to him, right? Like, like Keontae is like 13 of his last, I don't know, like 47. Like, it's like 27. Like, great. Like, I got it. The league's really brutal. And so the concerns are not his talent, where he's going one day, what he might be. You know, Will Hardy mentioned it yesterday. I've mentioned this. He told us he's never played point guard before. The only time he's ever played point guard in his entire life was midway through his senior year. The starting point guard gets hurt. We, we've turned over an entire franchise to him right now to make all the decisions, as Will Hardy says, to make him pass and shoot on the same. It's just a lot. So am I concerned about Keontae George? Yeah, it's a lot. Am I concerned about like long-term? Sure, I don't want anything to damage his psyche long-term. And I think he's 20 years old and living a really hard life without a lot of social, without any like looseness, not doing the natural development that 20 year olds are supposed to be doing. And it's under a great deal spotlight. So yes, I, am I concerned about Keontae? Yes, but maybe not in the way that you were asking. And I don't really know what the answer is to do anything about it. So let's just hope he fights through it and cheer on, cheer him on and root for him and, and have some compassion to what the task is that we're asking him to have as a player right now. Uh, coming up, the snarky question of what what is our purpose? Why what what's the reason? You know what? Will Hardy actually kind of answered that yesterday. So we're gonna go back to sound from yesterday um, from Will Hardy and get what he had to say about the answer your snark. We'll also touch on some of your other questions. Who needs any of our guys? Um, when does Walker go back into the starting lineup? 
Um, what is, uh, are these blowouts going to continue and some in-season tournament stuff? We have all that coming up in today's show. It's brought to you by our good friends over at Murdoch Hyundai today. Murdoch Hyundai located at 4646 South State Street, also in Logan and in Linden. The Murdochs, Blake, and the crew have been around in Utah for over 80 years. Well, Blake's not 80. He's he's pretty hip and cool still. So, And Ben, he's he's almost 80. He's looks like he's like 36, but actually he's 80. He's he's Benjamin Button. Uh, never mind. The Murdochs, their family for over 80 years in Utah, with their no regrets approach and the incredible line of cars. And I'm not just saying this because I'm being endorsing. I've bought three of them. We've bought two Santa Fe's and the Ionic 5. Like I did, did the research for the dollar I can get. For the value I can get, for the safety I can get, it was no-brainer. We Both kids ended up with a Santa Fe. I was the total parent and said, my kid's going to get a beater car that looks like crap. And then I watched them, how bad they were as drivers at 16. And I bought them the best car I could get for the right amount of money, for the right amount of safety. And that was the Hyundai Santa Fe. And uh, both of them have them in college right now. So they've been great for us. And the Ionic 5 is what I'm driving right now. So this is not me just making stuff up. So if you're going to head over to Murdoch Hyundai, you're going to look at a car this weekend, please email me first at dlock 9 at gmail.com and let us give you your VIP experience with our good friends over at Murdoch Hyundai. Today's show is also brought to you by Prize Picks, the daily fantasy sports leader in North America. It's exciting and easy to play. You can sign up, just download the app Prize Picks. And when you go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA, you get a hundred dollar match. Deposit match uh, for your first deposit as a new member. Prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code LockedOnNBA, all lowercase. And for the first deposit match, up to $100. It's easy. It's fun. It's going battling thousands of other players. Nope. Sharks? Nope. Pros? Nope. Just you pick more or less on two or six players. And you should have a lot of choices tonight because there are 13 games in the NBA. So tonight was made for prize picks and could be absolutely awesome. So go do it now. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. NBA and get your $100 deposit match on your first deposit. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. We greatly appreciate you. We are free and available on all podcasting apps. Thanks so much for taking the time. All right. So I think it was meant with a little snark. Um, I think it was meant a little nasty, but I actually get it a little bit on the idea that what is the purpose of our season? What are we doing right now? What What is going on? And actually, yesterday in the press conference, Will Hardy kind of addressed that. So let's do the share screen again and hope it works again, which I think it did last time. So, um, and let's let you hear from Will Hardy rather than me answering it in Will Hardy's uh, words. I think it's better to hear from Will. There's two bites. I'll, I'll jump in between the two here for you. Um, and here's what Will had to say about what's going on with this season right now and what they're trying to a consistency of you know those things that we can control every night and then there will be nights that we'll make a bunch of shots and there will be nights that we'll miss a bunch of shots but um i think for us to get where we want to go um which is to be a contending nba team we have to shore up our foundation and that's my focus right now like there's plenty of tactical schematic things that um you know, I would love to clean up or change or adjust, but you know, we're we're in a phase right now of trying to get the the baseline parts down and make those consistent. Um, so, kind of a great answer 
and insightful into where he thinks they are and what you're and what they're doing and what the value is. And it's why the line was drawn in the sand of how you're going to play and what we're, you know, what manner he wants to play and do things. And I think that's why that was so important. And then obviously the other night was a letdown. I, I, I still sit frankly on the side of, I get where the head coach can't just after 50 point loss say it's fine. But quite frankly, part of me is literally thought it was, we're limited without Lowry and without Jordan and without Kelly. There's only so much we can do offensively. And we ran into a masterclass, not of dog boot, but a masterclass of the best offensive player in the NBA playing the best offensive half he could play. We're not catching that body blow, body blow, body blow. At some point you lose your will. What Will, what will Hardy wants is just to not lose our will. I get it. Um, I just think it was actually really natural. Here's more about kind of purpose of the season and where, and where the team is. You know, I wouldn't say that it's totally unexpected. Uh, obviously, getting beat the way we got beat last game never feels good, and you never expect that. But, um, you know, for me, it's not – I don't feel like I'm being blindsided um, by where our team is right now. I think coming into the season, I felt like we were a team that had hit the reset button 15 months ago. And – we want to become a championship team and with that comes some pain with that comes some hard moments and some tough lessons and some um you know crashing the car a little bit to to learn how to win at a high level and to help establish habits um because everybody right now is being asked to do more than they've ever done in their careers um night to night and you know, that's the part of this league that probably goes least talked about is that the accountability every single night of the top players. Um. So I, I think that's, there's a bunch of things in there that are really, really interesting. But I do think, you know, he nicely answers kind of what is the purpose of the season for the Utah Jazz right now. Like I think, you know, and it is, it's to build those foundational pieces and then, to try to get better. And then obviously to watch our pieces and that, you know, I think I believe 20 games is an indicator. We're probably not making a run. Um, and I think those comments from Will are really great. The, the last one actually leads to another question on ask LOJ is like, how damaging are the blowouts and do you think they're going to stop? And so the question on how damaging the blowouts are kind of go to what Will's saying is like, Hey, we got to get the foundational pieces together. So, if the blowouts happen a little bit, this is my opinion only, but if the blowouts happen like they happened the other night where Luka Doncic is just unbelievable and you get just hammered, I I, I honestly think like they, you'd like them not to lose their, their fight halfway through the night. But there's also, we're going to get still get blown out a little bit because of what Will Hardy said. Every single player on this roster is being asked to do something bigger than what they've ever been asked to do before in their careers. So like Lowry's asked to being a number one guy, which is new. And he's the scouting reports different on them than he's ever been. He's trying to do the best thing. Jordan's like Jordan's our number one tonight. If he comes back, he's, he's our number one. He's never been a number one in his life. So you're liable to get a 34% shooting night from Jordan. And when you get that, we don't win because Jordan's coming off the bench as the third option and igniting against second team guys has been where he's made his, his biggest strength of his career. And he's done a wonderful job. He's averaging five assists a game this year. Like it used to be like, it was like a miracle. He got five assists. Now he's averaging five assists. So like these guys are doing everything they can, but they're being asked to do more than they've ever done before. Like Taylor, you know, I, I don't even know who are like, again, we've talked about this all week long on locked on jazz and it parlays to like for the everydayers. you hear it. Like who's our second best player. 
And so, you know, it might be Kelly. And so then you're like, how's Kelly's never been a second best player on a, on a team. And so you're, you're asking guys to do things they've never done before and they can kind of do it for a period, but at some point that's hard. And at some point you get exposed to that. And at some point you, you get blown out. So I, I think the blowouts will continue. The other one I think that is interesting. If you even go back to opening night where I thought we got thumped and that might be, you know, the most, one of the more discouraging nights, we came back and beat the Clippers on at home in a great performance. So it's a little bit of like, how do you bounce back? Like what, what do you bring back the next time afterwards? And the only reason where I think the, the, the blowouts are damaging or, or concerning is if, and damaging was the word that was used in the question is if they just start to build on each other, like that the whole team just loses, like wins are really important to be able to teach Phil Jackson or Phil Johnson, jazz assistant coach said to me once, like, Hey, we need some wins to coach. You can't coach off losses all the time. At some point they don't want to hear it. You need good things to be able to say, for example, Will Hardy shared like that he saw certain things in film and that they go over him. And then I asked Will recently after the New Orleans games, what did you show in film after this? Like in the good games? Because that's actually the film that's probably most important that is going to be able to, you know, drive your team to be able to make future steps and future success. So I, I think that's only area where I think the blowouts might be, are at all damaging is exactly that is that if they just kind of build on each other and build on each other. But otherwise, I think they're the reality a little bit when you have a team that doesn't have a hierarchy. Like, if it's not clear who our best – Jordan's our best player tonight, so offensive player. And so if Jordan doesn't have it get going, who who's the next one? And so if somebody else doesn't have it going, their reaction might be, well, it's not mine. I got to give – and then it gets, it, gets, it gets away from you. Like, we just don't have that hierarchy on the roster. And so if the roster is prone to get, to get run a little bit, on given nights. And so again, do I think they're going to go away? No. Do I think they're damaging? No, unless they build on each other, unless they suddenly make it. So it's an environment in which you can't really teach. And that's exactly what Will Hardy has been attacking here for the last two weeks is like, here's our purpose. Here's what we're doing. Here's who we're going to be. This is what we're going to be when we contend. And I think it's great. Um, I think that's exactly what you're, what we're supposed to see out of these things. All right. Still a ton of questions. Who needs our guys? When does Walker get back in the starting lineup? Uh, what do I think the right approach with Hendricks is, which I've touched on. We'll see if I get to that. Um, and some in-season tournament thoughts. Those all are still coming on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Jace Medical. You need to be able to kind of control the best you can in a crazy world, your own safety, your own health, your own circumstances. This company is a Utah-based company that actually came out of the pandemic when suddenly supply chains were gone. And so what's going on here is that Jace Medical is trying to make sure that you have life-saving medication that's needed when supply chains, when the crazy happens. The Jace Case is the product. Jace Medical is the company, J-A-S-E Medical. And then Jace Case is the product. It's a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinus infections, among other stuff that could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board certified physician and other medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared for the unexpected. So be prepared today. Go to jacemedical.com and use the offer locked on to get $20 off your order. That's locked on to get $20 off your order. 
Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. I do appreciate you immensely. Thank you to the everydayers who are with us each and every day. Locked on Sports today is your 24-7 stream. I've got a bunch up. Locked on Pacers was on today. Tony East was great. He's in Vegas with the team, uh, giving you all the latest of what's going on. All right, let's get back to some of your questions. Um, Let me, uh, who needs our guys? Was, I think, uh, one of the questions um, you have. so this is, I think trading is going to be tricky this year. I don't know this. It's really our first year in the new collective bargaining trading. Here, here's why I think trading is going to be tricky. One is because teams, the aprons are so significant in the new collective bargaining agreement and because only Indiana and the Jazz slightly are under the cap. And then there's all these teams that are like over the second apron that have to get under. You're going to have to take the money you're trading back, right? So if if you look at our guys, you might, trade like i don't I don't love this conversation but it's it's real so like john's make collins making 25 jordan clarkson's making 23 colin sexton's making 17 lowry probably wouldn't trade him is making 17 kelly's making 12 Taylor's making 11 right okay those are the guys you've got to bring the money back so what i think is tricky is twofold one is because of the new collective bargaining agreement you just can't take a salary dump because we don't have that much cap space um, we do have, I think we have some trade exceptions we could play into that might help somebody out, um, and do that actually does not look like we do have any trade exceptions on the latest look that I had. Um, I guess ours have either expired or we've used all of them. So, um, no, we have one $7.7 million trade exception. So we could bring a $7.7 million salary in, which actually could be super valuable to some of these teams. So the other thing though, that's going on here is twofold. One there, there aren't a lot of teams on the top of the standings that have draft capital left or assets left if we're trading players. Two, Denver, Milwaukee, some of these teams, they're so salary top-heavy that to find money on their books that they want to trade to get rid of is almost impossible, right? So I find it really, really difficult for them to be able to go find a guy in their rotation or who they play that they're willing to give up money-wise and take one of our money guys to be able to make a trade. Are you following that? Like, does that make sense? Like it, we can't just send them something for a draft pick. We have to bring 11 million back. They've got to go through their roster and find 11 million back. Like what I, what I think is tricky here. And there are some exceptions, like the Lakers actually have some players to do this with, but if you like Denver, whose championship team who has no bench, certainly we bunch of our guys could really help them. Okay. Well, after they're starting five, which they're not touching, Reggie Jackson's making five Zeke, Najee's making four. Christian Brown's a rookie making three. Julian Strother's a rookie making 2.4. Peyton Manning's making two. Peyton, Manning, Peyton Watson's making 2.3. Like you just can't put all of them together and even get to the salary of one of our players. So I don't know how Denver does it. Milwaukee, who has no bench and not many draft capitals. Pat Connaughton's making nine. Then Bochamp's making two. Jay Crowder's making two. Robin Lopez making two. Cameron Payne's making two. Malik Beasley's making two. They're all in minimums. So I think this gets really tricky on how you're going to make trades this year with these teams because of the fact that the teams that are verging for a championship and competing to find that next piece is awfully um, is awfully hard. Um, all right, when does Walker go back in the starting lineup? I, I don't. I, I'll be honest. I thought he would have been back by now, but I totally get why he hasn't been. Will Hardy's saying play with purpose and play play with pass and play hard, and Omir Yurkshaven does exactly that. This is kind of the thing that I think is going to be so interesting to the jazz moving forward is as it's not clearly defined in any way, shape or form who 
Walker, who is the um, second, third, fourth, fifth, eighth best player on the team? How do you de- determine this playing time? And one thing Will Hardy's done really, really well is he has not just said, well, okay, this guy just gets minutes. Because the minute you did that, it, you know, we go run through those. A lot of those guys are free agents. You just go give somebody minutes over somebody who's outperformed him and you lose your locker room. And then the blowouts start to build. This all ties together, right? Will's like, are the blowouts damaging? No, not unless they tie together. Okay, well, if you start giving guys playing time they don't deserve, the blowouts will start to go because guys are going to check out on you. So it's super complicated in that regard. The one area where I think Walker might get in the starting lineup sooner rather than later is we need Keontae George and Walker Kessler to be playing together. Like that, and and the and frankly, the difference between Walker and Omir Yurksaven is not dramatic. Walker's played pretty well since he's been back. But we need to start having Walker, Kessler, Keontae, George pick and rolls. If we're going to become a much more heavy pick and roll team like we have been recently, then I think it's time to get Walker, Kessler, Keontae, George pick and rolls into the offense a little bit more so that they can learn how to play together for the development of this franchise. And doing Walker over Omir Yurksaven is not going to like lose your locker room. So I think that's closer then maybe we think. Uh, Taylor Hendricks, what do I think the plan should be? Honestly, my take, and I've said it all week, just to give it quickly again, if that's what nine games in the G League does for Taylor Hendricks, then I would like another 20. I've used this on the radio twice this week. I will share it with you as well. Rick Sund, who was a great GM in the NBA for a long time, super great guy, used to say to me, there's two different things. That there's Rookies are either 800-minute rookies Actually, he had four. 800-minute rookies, 1,200-minute rookies, 1,600-minute rookies. And then if you have a superstar, it's a 2,400-minute rookie. That's a 30-minute-a-night player. So, and and what he said, hey, your progression is you're going to play 800 one year and you're going to play about 12 to 1,600 the next year and then eventually you get to 24 or you don't. You don't become that player. Um, the thing about the G League is that Taylor Hendricks is an 800-minute. We'd be pressing to get Taylor Hendricks to an 1,800-minute rookie player in the NBA this year, 10 minutes a game. But with the G League, we can turn Taylor Hendricks into a 1,600 to a 2,000 minute a year player with the G League. If he goes and spends another 20 days in the G League at 35 minutes a night, that's 700 minutes. And so that to me is super valuable. And if that's the growth we've seen out of it, I would go back to doing that. That's just me. Um, who needs our guys? Keontae, Walker in the starting lineup, Hendricks, uh, purpose, blowouts. Oh, in-season tournament. I think it's been awesome. Here's my change. I want it to be done that the groupings are divisions. I think right now we go back next year and group, it doesn't mean anything when group A or group B or group C and there's no history to it at all. I want it to be divisions. I want Denver's won the division, the Northwest division grouping three years in a row and Utah's trying to knock them off. Give a little history to it. Create some rivalries inside of that. Have us play for the third straight year, Indiana and Detroit battle for the champs to go to the NBA cup. Um, eventually I think we're going to 32 teams. Then we're going to have eight divisions. So then let's play six games inside of our um, divisions for the cup. And let's do it the same way. And those eight teams advance. Uh, that's, that's my take. Um, otherwise I think it's been virtually perfect. Six games would be great also because it would be a home and away inside your division. And it would be, but we got to get to 32 teams for this. So just put Seattle and Vancouver back in the league. Um, I can pass on Vegas. Um, Let's do that or go Nashville, move Memphis to Nashville. That'd be better. Um, and move Oklahoma City anywhere. Oh, I didn't say that. Um, still better. Uh, just let me be a petty child, please. Just let me do that. Um, all right. Anyway, um, I think that's the answer. 
is go to divisions, make the groupings divisions, continue this wild card until we go to eight, then move it to six games of cup when we go to 32, and it'll be great. It's perfect. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. It's Locked on Jazz. Jazz Clippers, 7 o'clock tonight. That game will be on Sirius XM as well for you tonight. All hometown broadcasts on Sirius XM. Have a great one. See you. Wait, I have a little thing I'm supposed to play. Here, cool, purple. I think tonight's purple. Isn't tonight purple? See ya. Have a great one. Now we send you to the 24-7 National Sports Channel, Locked On Sports Today on YouTube.